0: homecoming day. What a fabulous time. A great opportunity to meet our friends who listen to our radio programs and also our television programs. We certainly trust that some of the services this Sunday you'll be able to attend and I hope that you'll come up to me and introduce yourself and let me know that you've been a part of our television audience or radio audience. It's been a joy to have been a part of this ministry for many years and I hope that we've been a blessing. Today, I have a message entitled, Heaven is My Home. I'm reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, and verse 51. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. When Jesus left this earth, he went back to heaven to sit down at the right hand of the Father. In Mark, chapter 16, verse 19, he was received up into heaven. In the 24th chapter of Luke that we read from verse 51, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And then John 3, 13, no man ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man. It means that no man by himself ever ascended up. God has taken some people up there. Enoch went up to heaven. God took him there. God took Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Paul was caught up into the third heaven by the power of God in a vision. In Ephesians 4, 18, Christ ascended up on high. Ephesians 4, 9, now he that ascended. Then Ephesians 4:10, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. Hebrews 1 and 3, he is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 1 Peter 3, verse 22, who is gone into heaven. Oh, neighbor, the Bible clearly lets us know which direction heaven is. It's up. It is up. And Jesus ascended there. Thank God. We're pilgrims on a journey. Like Abraham, we're sojourners in this world and on this earth. We're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. There's an old song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me to heavens. Open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. No, I'm glad that heaven is not a myth. I'm glad that it's reality, that it's a place to believe in. It's a place that we have a goal to, a, uh, to be there and be with Jesus Christ and be in his presence. You know, it's like an imaginary place to dream about for some people, but it's more than that. It's a place of reality. I've sat by the sick bed of many a person as they were near death. And it seems to me that I can sense that there's a call of another world on that person's life. And it's a place of absolute reality, a place of hope, and a place of light, and a place of life. As they depart this life, I felt my grandmother's last pulse beat as she left this life and went into the presence of God. And what a relief. I saw my mother as she breathed her last breath, and I held her hand as she slipped out into eternity. She opened her eyes just for a second. It seemed to me as if she was looking off in the distance in a restful, peaceful uh, gaze into the heavens as if she was looking into a place of reward. I want you to know there's a call of another world upon humanity, and when we leave this life, we're going to a better place. So heaven is a very real place. In fact, it's the home of God. Jesus taught us to pray this way. Our Father which are in heaven. Why would He teach us to pray to God in heaven if the Father was not in heaven? And then he said in John 14, and verse 1, In my Father's house are many mansions. So heaven is where the Father's house is. It's where his home is. It's where he has prepared many mansions. And so it's where Jesus prayed to his Father and where he ascended to be with the Father and sit down at the right hand of the Father. Heaven is a place that is created by Almighty God. We read in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth. So heaven is a created place. God made it. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. So heaven is a created place. God designed it as a very beautiful place to be his central nerve center of the whole universe and a place known as the home of God, the house of God. And so it's the capital city of the universe. Abraham looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God, as we read in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 10. In verse 16 of the same chapter, he calls it a better country. That is a heavenly country. It appears to us that there are three distinct heavens. Let me uh, remind you exactly how they are and what the Bible seems to say about them. First of all, there's the atmospheric heavens that we can look up and see above us. For we read in Psalm 77 in verses 17 and 18, it speaks of the clouds and the skies and the voice of thunder and lightnings in heaven. Now those things are in heaven. So that's the atmospheric heaven that we can see with our naked eye. Then there seems to be a starry heaven above the atmospheric heaven. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 17, I will bless thee and multiply thee as the stars of heaven. So the place where the stars are, where the planets exist, is also known as heaven. The place for thunder and lightning and clouds and rain, that's called heaven. That's the atmospheric heaven. The place then for the starry heaven is where the stars and the planets are. And then there seems to be another heaven called the third heaven. And it is the planet heaven where God lives. In Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 1, thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my home, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? So the heaven is my home, God declares. Lucifer tried to exalt himself above God in heaven, and he was cast out of heaven, and he became the devil. He became Satan, and he led a third of the angels in rebellion against God with him. And so then Lucifer tried to do that, but he was cast out. Paul, though, was caught up into the third heaven, as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2. And where was he caught up? He saw things that were not lawful for him to see and declare. And God revealed to him some of the mysteries of heaven. He was caught up. Again, that tells us the direction of heaven. Some people try to tell us that heaven's right here on this earth. Well, Paul was caught up. Jesus ascended up. And so heaven is up. Where is the throne of God? Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, tells us about the apostle John being caught up into heaven. And there he saw God seated upon a throne. John the apostle was caught up in the spirit into heaven. And there saw God seated upon a throne. I want you to know something wonderful about heaven. It's a place that is inhabited. It's not just a great vast place, a vacuum out in space. No, heaven is a home for many people. The Bible speaks of armies and the host of heaven being there. The Bible speaks of myriads of angels and seraphims and cherubims being there. The Bible speaks about the souls of saints under the altar being there. The Bible tells us that Enoch was caught up to God in heaven. He's been there more than 5,000 years. Elijah has been in heaven more than 3,000 years. John, the apostle, went up there and came back from heaven. So heaven is a place. It's a place inhabited. And John saw souls of them that had been martyred for Christ, wearing white robes and chanting praises unto God. Yes, heaven is an inhabited place. There are things in heaven also besides people. There's a city there. There's a new Jerusalem, the, the center of the universe, and then there are mansions there, as we read about in John 14. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. They already existed. And he said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I don't like the song, Lord, build me a cabin in the corner of Glory Land. I don't read anything about cabins in heaven. I do read about mansions being there. And I read about trees and rivers and fountains, about a temple of the living God being there. I read about musical instruments being their harps and trumpets and so forth. And also the Bible speaks of treasures laid up in heaven, about singing and worship and rejoicing in heaven, about precious wonders and precious stones, about gold in abundance, even to the point that the streets are paved with gold. The Bible speaks about streets and great broadways and rivers and fruits and trees with leaves for the healing of the nations. So heaven is a wonderful place with people, a place with a city, a place also with things that we know that it is real, it is not a figment of the imagination. As I said earlier, the new Jerusalem is the capital city of the planet heaven. There are names about that city and we read some of them in Revelation chapter 21. It is called the new Jerusalem in verse 2. It is called the holy city in verse 2. It is called the bride, the lamb's wife. In chapter 21, verses 9 through 10, why would a city be called the bride of Christ? Because a city is not streets and telephone poles and buildings. No, indeed, it's not city hall. It's not the town square. It's not the river running through the city. A city is the people. When you speak of Jacksonville, you speak of the population. You speak of the people. You take the people out, you don't have a city. And so heaven is a place populated, and people are there. And the inhabitants constitute the city. And so they are called the bride, the lamb's wife. Thank God. And in, in chapter 21 and verse 23, the new Jerusalem is called the tabernacle of God. It is called in verse 10, that great city. It is called in verse 10, once again, the holy Jerusalem. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 and 23, it is called the heavenly Jerusalem. And again, it is called the city of the living God and it is called my Father's house. Jesus speaks affectionately of it as my Father's house. Thank God it's where home was to Jesus. The source of the new Jerusalem must be considered. God is the architect. He's the builder. He's the owner. It has foundations, it has walls, and it has gates. So the builder and maker is God. It's elaborately designed. Why wouldn't God make it that way? You wouldn't expect him to build it out of mud. You wouldn't expect him to build it out of sticks and logs. No, indeed, he has chosen something very valuable to make it out of. It will be moved from the point of planet heaven down to earth during the millennium. After the rapture and after the second advent of Christ, the planet uh, heaven is going to be giving up part of its territory. And the new Jerusalem, the capital city, will come down from God out of heaven and dwell on the earth. And for a thousand years of peace, God is going to rule and reign this earth, on this earth, Jesus will. He'll sit on the throne of David. It's coming down out of heaven. The tabernacle of God is with men, the Bible says. He will dwell with them. And God himself will be with them and be their God. In verse 10 of Revelation chapter 21, he showed me that great city, the Holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. In verse 22, there'll be no temple there, For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. Now that literally means that men will not have to go into a building to worship God. They will worship God anywhere because the Lamb is the light of that city and and He and the Father constitute the, the source of worship. It does not appear that there will be a literal temple where men have to go, but there will be a temple because it was seen there. The temple in the Old Testament was built after a pattern of the holy temple in the city of God. And so John saw the temple in heaven. Revelation 21 and verse 23, the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of the Lord did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The sun and the moon will not be needed within the, the city proper itself. For the Lamb of God will be so bright that he'll be the light of that city. In verse 24, the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. The kings do bring their glory and honor into it. It'll be a place where every nation throughout this universe will bring their glory into that capital city. Verse 25, the gates of it shall not be shut by day, for there shall be no night there. There'll be no night in the city of God. In verse 27, nothing that defileth shall enter there. No liars, no abominable workers of iniquity, no whoremongers, adulterers, and fornicators. No, indeed, they'll not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21 and verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Now then he's going to make all things new. And these words are true and faithful. You may not be able to take or put stock in what some men promise, but God can be believed. He is going to make this heavenly home real to us. Verse 24 tells us that God is going to wipe away all tears and death and sorrow and crying and pain, and it will never enter that beautiful city. Thank God, friends, on homecoming day, it's something to think about when I think about the saints of God who have preceded us. And I've said the last words over the remains of many of them right here in the city of Jacksonville in the almost 28 years that I've been pastoring here. This church is having an anniversary and it's marking 47 years of history. But I want you to know it's been a joy for me to be here 28 of those years. And I've buried quite a few of the saints of God, but I'm going to see them again. Thank God I'm going to see them again. The supreme guarantee is this. These words are true and faithful. Verse 6 of chapter 21, God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the first and he's the last. He's everything in between. And so we have divine assurance that God's promises will not fail. Neighbor, it's wonderful to have the blessed prospect that when you die, you're going to a better place. You're going to be with Jesus. Just a few weeks ago, my good friend Billy Patterson, pastor of Lake Forest Baptist Church, went to be with Jesus. Right now, he's looking down on us in this world, and he's saying, come on, friends, it's worth it all. I hope and pray that you're ready to meet the Lord. If not, get ready now, right now, this day. Call on the name of the Lord. Thank you for being part of this service. Good day and God bless you is my prayer.